The following special presentation of the 3 O'Clock Parade podcast live from the continent of Asia is presented by Adventures Out There Travel. That's right. Adventures Out There Travel is the official travel partner of the 3 O'Clock Parade podcast. Becca, that's B-E-K-K-A at AdventuresOutThereTravel.com can help you find discounts, provide concierge-level service, and help you book the best possible vacation to the Far East that you could possibly have. That's Adventures Out There Travel. Kungaloosh, Viva Gaia, and Konnichiwa. We are live from Asia. This is Professor Daniel Miller, drunk at Disney. And with us is Rhiannon. I'm not in Asia. I feel like you're horribly misleading our listeners. Oh, well, just go with it. Go with it. Okay, okay. Yeah, so Rhiannon's not in Asia. She is in Florida. But let's just say he's in Asia. We have a special guest tonight, and that would be Kevin at Red Sox Red Shoes, a.k.a. the best Twitter uh, profile photo ever which is uh, Patrick Swayze in front of the boathouse, who just recently re- returned from the Asian Disney Park. So welcome, Kevin, to the 3 O'Clock Parade. Thanks. I can't believe I'm doing this on so many levels. Yeah. That's what I said my first time. Our apologies. <laughs> what uh, Wait, what, what think- Kevin would like to say, first off, I will, I'll just speak for him, is that mm. the getting on the air today was completely on brand. Kevin, what was your experience getting on today? Uh, you know, it was kind of like being in a car crash. I think I was looking the wrong way at one point. Uh, I definitely spent upside down. Uh, Skype uh, did Skype things. We all cursed at each other. And, and mm. then I got, uh, I got here. Yeah, so it was very similar to taking Air China from Tokyo to Shanghai when you think about it. Mm. Oh, nice, well, nice. That, I just want to talk about how re- selfish Rhiannon is. Basically, Rhiannon, the reason that we're doing this today is because Rhiannon is planning a whirlwind Asian Disney tour. And she realized that Kevin had just gotten off a whirlwind Asian Disney tour. So these two, she wanted to, t- to basically utilize this platform to plan her own vacation. Yeah. Is that not what podcasts are for? So I'm going to sit over here in the corner and watch as, uh, Ew. what is that weird or it's not the first time I've done that. Okay. Hold on. I want to like back up just a hot second because first of all, let's acknowledge the fact that we have not recorded a podcast in like three weeks. <laughs> um, we've had some Sch- scheduling snafus. Um, everyone's been busy at different times and so it's been crazy. So our apologies you know, mommy and daddy have not been fighting. We're just busy. No, it's and actually good. We've been actually been nice to each other recently. Yeah, I think so. And so, um, as you can hear, uh, Skipper Dick Ritchie is not with us tonight. I'm not exactly sure where he is because he was invited, but he never replied to us. So maybe, maybe daddy and uncle are fighting. <laughs> I don't know. No. See, here's what um, happened. We planned okay. this. Uh, podcast with Kevin about the Asian parks while Skipper Dick Ritchie was on vacation on a Disney cruise. So, but it got pushed till now. And now we're going to record this now. And then we're going to do a Skipper Dick Ritchie Disney Cruise Line mm-hmm. podcast next. Mm-hmm. So, everybody's good. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, and, and so since it's been so long since we've had a podcast, I have not been able to formally announce. So, yes, 
Mark and I have booked a trip to all three of the Asian Disney parks. Okay, I think we're caught up now. Yeah, that's pretty much so, it. Kevin, take it away. Like, just tell us everything. Oh, man, I don't even know where to begin. Um, for the purpose of the listenership, uh, uh, it, was, uh, it was just me and my wife, Melanie, uh, at Mrs. Melanie on Twitter, if you're interested in following the two idiots who did this. But she did most of the documenting of this between there and her Instagram account. So if anybody wants to see pictures and stuff as we did it in real time, that's probably the best place to go. Uh, so she and I have been married for four and a half years. It'll be five years this fall. So this was like our five-year big anniversary trip. Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, now I have to not fuck it up between now and October, especially since mm-hmm. we already spent all the money on the trip. So uh, good luck Obviously to me. you cursed yourself. Yeah, zero doubt. And more, more than that, what am I going to do for a 10-year anniversary after I did two weeks between uh, three of the most world-class cities in the world? Fun so, spot is still available. You know, we're, we're going to do a vow renewal at Gatorland at 10 years. We already have that part <laughs> figured out. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so we, we did two weeks. Uh, we flew, uh, I live uh, in Kansas City. We flew Kansas City, San Francisco, and then San Francisco uh, to Tokyo, spent four or five days there, hopped over to Shanghai, spent four or five days there, and then uh, on to Hong Kong, where we spent four or five days and then flew back again through San Francisco. It was, uh, it was just nuts. So we, we did, so you uh, did you did plan the trip like around cities that have Disney parks. So it was kind of like a, that, was a, that was sort of the intent. That's absolutely right. We're, we're those sorts of horrible people. damn sure that we visit all of the disney parks so we can one day buy one of how bauer's shirts and not be lying that's i mean goals your your internet just cut out so you are just welcome to the team you're good (laughs) phenomenal that's exactly what i do i you know i'm starting to be convinced it's not it's i mean i've got google fiber here people it's not like uh it's oh, not I like it's me. Shittiest internet, but somehow I still sound better than Drunko. So I, there's really no other reason other than personal curses, I think, and karma. So. I don't think you sound any better than Drunko is related to the internet. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. So, a good one. Uh, yeah. So we, so the idea was we, we did want to see those cities. I'm. Uh, let's not talk about when high school was for me, but I, I took Japanese in high school, so I've been wanting to go oh. to Tokyo uh, for twenty some odd years now. Uh, and, and then once it was like, okay, well, that's where we're going to go. Well, shoot, Shanghai seems reasonably, once you've gone that far, Shanghai mm-hmm. seems reasonably close. And then Hong Kong seems reasonably close on top of that. So that's kind of how the whole thing fell together. So we tried to make sure that we spent equal time in the parks and in the actual cities so that we could pretend to be well-cultured assholes, even though we're really just yeah. theme park people. Yeah. That's something we're struggling with as well. Um, so very similar to you and your thought process. Uh, Mark's actually going to Tokyo for work. And so it's like, all right, his airfare is covered and hotel's free. So he's like, you may as well come along and, you know, go to Tokyo Disney and also see. God, that is so romantic. My heart is like. I know, right? So, and like you were saying, it's like, while you're all the way over there, it's not that far from the other cities. That's how we tacked it on. Our problem is that I don't have that much PTO. And so we are really struggling with how to balance some time in the cities versus in the parks, because I, yeah, I don't want to appear like some uncultured asshole who went to Asia and saw nothing but Disney. Um, how many days are you going for, Rhiannon? Um, 
it's like a week and a half-ish. I think we have it so that it'll be like four days in Tokyo, two days in Shanghai, and three in Hong Kong. Hmm. So, so one of my questions for you. Yeah. So one of my questions for you, Kevin, was what, like, so you really did a 50-50 split between parks and cities, or was it more like uh, two days, one day, or what did you do? With the, you know, now that I think about it, with the exception of Hong Kong, uh, which got the short shrift in terms of everything, it was, it was, it was 50-50 for all of it, but it was, you know, much more two and two or three for uh, Shanghai and Tokyo, and then Hong Kong, it was like a day and a half of, of, each realistically and that's partially logistics because the park is uh uh the park is a, uh, is across uh the bay from where the airport is so it, it's like an hour from the airport so if, you, if you're going to spend time in hong kong you know you land you've got to clear customs you've got to get uh you, you've got to get to your park or your hotel and that's an hour and then it's an hour back and you've got to futz with your baggage and everything in the interim so it just it took you know a quarter of a day just dealing with the logistics of Hong Kong. So Mm. that was that, that kind of bit a little bit. Um, but, and, and then also it, it's, I don't know if you're flying into Haneda or Narita, but, uh, in Tokyo, it's a, it's going to take you a solid hour or, or more to get out to, uh, to Tokyo Disney Disneyland resort as well. Mm. None of them are actually close to the places that they say on a t-shirt. Mm. <laughs> so, you, so you've got a budget for that. Hey, if you don't mind me asking, if you could now, after doing it, if you could now rank them one, two, three as to where you would spend your most time, if you could do it all over again, which just without saying number of days, which would you want to spend the most time in? A, B, one, two, and three. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do that two different ways. The first, just the cities, and then then we'll do the the Disney Resort city wise. Uh, I Hong Kong, uh, Tokyo, and then. Uh, five layers of crap, and then Shanghai. Uh, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, if I saw one more bare-ass child urinating in the streets of, of Shanghai, I, I was going to lose it, uh, which, which is a cultural thing. I completely understand it, but also it's just like, wow. Um, and, but then with respect to the parks themselves, uh, Tokyo Disney Resort, uh, by about a mile, uh, Shanghai, and then Hong Kong was so charming, I hate to put it third, but at this point, that park needs to continue its expansion. Uh, there's just, I, if we decided to do, oh, we're going to spend four days at Hong Kong Disneyland, I'd, we would have left early. Hmm. Yeah, it was actually one of the questions I had because unlike Tokyo, which has two parks and a downtown Disney-ish area, and Shanghai, which has the bigger park and a downtown Disney-ish area, Hong Kong is just the one park. So I was wondering, because like we struggled really hard because we had basically five days to divvy up between Hong Kong and Shanghai. And it was like, well, which one's going to get two? Which one's going to get three? And we ultimately put Hong Kong at three just because we heard that, that was a better city to visit. So we're going to do a full day in the city and two days in the parks. I, I, think that's a, I think that's a quality decision. Now, Hong Kong Disneyland was, you know, it was built in the Disney, Cal- the Disney California Adventure 1.0 era as a, a budget international park. And they've, they've added some stuff onto it since then. So the good news is, for example, they copied Disneyland's castle exactly, if that gives you an idea of the lower yeah. level scope of the park. Uh, but it, all, it, it has a lot of Disneyland's charm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also a bunch of stuff to do that you can't do other places. So I certainly don't feel like our time there wasn't well spent, but 
you can do that pretty well in a day. I mean, Rhiannon, there's a reason that the park doesn't open until 10. And yeah, and that's not the whole park. They only open a couple of lands and then they open the whole park at 11. And most nights it closes at seven or eight. And no one's standing out front complaining they didn't get their money out of it. Okay, good to know. I guess. I just side note, I've always it. thought they should do that at Hollywood Studios. Why do they open? Well, just open it at noon. What? Just open it at noon. <laughs> Seriously, and open the bars when you open that park. Because come on, if I've got to be at Hollywood Studios before noon, I'm going to be drinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I'm going to be at Hollywood Studios, period. I'll just leave it at that. Um. So speaking of drinking, I in my research for all of these locations of course i'm looking for bars asians don't seem to be big drinkers like there don't seem to be a lot of bars neither i understand that each of their magic kingdom type parks are dry cool that's correct but like disney sea has alcohol but not really like lounges per se like there there's the um well, that ex-president's lounge, but it's like a restaurant. The Teddy then, Roosevelt. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and um, But I don't know, it just didn't seem like a lot of like what we would experience in our parks and also just the resorts. Like There are a couple of resorts that don't have a bar at all. What was your experience? Uh, that's exactly what our experience was. So, <gasps> so my wife I was hoping you right, like, no. oh, no, they're everywhere. They're just on, like mentioned online. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not the case at all. I mean, my wife and I are very much vacation kingdom of the world people when we go to Orlando. And again, just for the sake of, of the listenership, uh, you know, we really started going five years ago. My wife grew up a Disneyland annual pass holder. And then I offered up Disney World for our honeymoon, not having been in 20 some odd years. And uh, we just we went for a week and loved it. So we, we now go back all the time. We bought into the DVC cult, all that noise. So when we go, it's like, we'll go to the parks three days out of a week, maybe, and spend the rest of the time, you know, uh, I'm, I, I go twice a year, and I'm known on a first-name basis at Bellevue Lounge in, in the boardwalk, so that's, that's our level, right? Yeah. So I was, even though knowing that even just to get through the things that you can't do in the States while you're there, over two days in most of the parks, you're going to be busting it, we still wanted a piece of our vacation kingdom you know, to the Bay sort of approach to things. Yes. And it's really tough to do. Mm. Mm. So we, yeah, no, we spent two full days at Disney Sea, Which is why, like, regular people love the Asian parks, because it's, like, the opposite. <laughs> what are you saying? Yes. <laughs> yes. So we spent two full days at Disney Sea, and of those two full days, we went and ate lunch at the Teddy Roosevelt uh, Lounge uh, both days and, and spent probably two hours just hanging out there having uh, – uh, having the sheer joy of of ordering things off of the menu that were you know was in Japanese and uh, literally the menu just in Japanese says Manhattan and underneath it it says in English Manhattan but nothing <laughs> about what's in any of the drinks. Huh, that's and since and since the Teddy Roosevelt is modeled after the time period, there are a bunch of older drinks that I had no clue what they were, and there's no concept of what was going to be in it. So literally, there's a drink on there, like, uh, well, not literally, literally in the figurative sense, it, like old wooden shoe. And I'm just supposed to know what that is because I'm an American. And this sure. obviously, you're the one person in here who has a clue what the hell this is. No, I do not. I assume that there's uh, whiskey in it. But outside of that, I don't have a damn clue. That's awesome. So um, that, yeah, so that, that, it's not a place that does that. And candidly, when we were there, other than, you know, those two hours and, you know, relaxing in, in uh, uh, a, you know, a bar or a restaurant in the evenings, 
you kind of don't want to because there's just too much to see and you feel like you're wasting time. Yeah. Um, and like, what are the price points? Are they similar to the States or is it cheaper for drinks over there and food too and everything really? Yeah. So in the parks, uh, Hong Kong felt far and away the most expensive. Shanghai was cheap. I was really, I mean, a t-shirt was like $10 in Shanghai, which floored me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I candidly wish that I bought all of my souvenirs and stuff in Shanghai. But the issue was uh, the, the bag allotments for the, for the internal flights are different than the international. Mm-hmm. So we, we had this point of, well, we don't want to, like, I don't want to pay $200 for a bag charge uh, to get in between Shanghai and Hong Kong when I can just get to Hong Kong, buy the things I want spend that $200 on another piece of luggage that's already in my allotment to come back. So mm-hmm. I, wound up, I wound up buying all my souvenirs in the most expensive place, which was Hong Kong, by a fair bit. Tokyo was like reasonable and comparable to Walt Disney World. Uh, sh- everything at Shanghai was, on, uh, was, uh, was, was like being on sale. And then everything at Hong <laughs> Kong, it was like, holy crap, I don't even like these T-shirts. I'm buying them just to flex when I'm in the parks in Florida, and I'm spending $35. <laughs> God, you're going to fit right in. God, I yeah. love it. That is, I, yeah. I already worked DVC into the conversation, Drunko. I mean, if you want to talk full on, you know, Diz Twitter asshole, I'm your guy right now. I, this is, uh, I've, I've always been, I've always admired you. I've always admired you. <laughs> but like, I, I'm not even sure admiration is, uh, I think idolization is is, is yeah. getting up there. Is there a Club 33 membership in your future? I, uh, good Lord. Uh, what's the current going sales price for a kidney? Because that's about the only way I'm going to make that happen. <laughs> uh, so speaking of merch. So if you don't mind me just doing the same thing we did before, could you rank the parks resort, the resorts in for drinking one, two, and three? Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I think that one, I'm going to have to go with the Tokyo Disney resort because the easiest place for me to grab a beer was definitely Disney Sea. Obviously, the Castle Park is dry, uh, but Tokyo Disney Sea, very much so. And then after that, probably probably Shanghai again. The park itself is dry, but we st- uh, we stayed at the uh, we stayed at the Tokyo Disneyland Hotel. And uh, oh boy, we're about to do this again. This was on the advice of Chris with a K on Twitter. He was like, "If you can stay club level, stay club level." And the price for like I think we stayed two nights, two or three nights. And the price worked out to only being a couple hundred dollars different. So we just went ahead and said, okay, this is our, this is our big splurge there. And so, mm-hmm. you know, literally just woke up in the morning, walked in there, they, there's mimosas, walked, there's beer uh, in, in the evening, the same. So that made that really easy. But there's also a really nice bar in the lobby there themed to uh, Fantasia and, uh, and the scene with the, the Greek uh, horses. Right. Uh, Minotaurs, right? Minotaurs, centaurs. Yeah, Somewhere, my wife is really mad at me because that's her that's her favorite Disney movie and that's her favorite part. So she's gonna be super annoyed. But it's it's themed it seemed around that and and Bacchus from that scene and it was just a really nice chill lounge full bar. Uh, drinks were you know again quite reasonably priced. So it was it was great. So then Hong Kong probably third because they only have the Castle Park. It's completely dry, and uh, yeah yeah I think that's probably it. Yeah, I think that was way too much talking and too little info. <laughs> no, it's fine. But we got our ranking. We got our ranking. That's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. So Hong Kong so far is the only one that we have not booked our resort yet. 
and I was leaning toward the Adventures Lodge or whatever it's called because I've heard that that's just like a really cool resort, um, best theming of the three. But of the three, it's the only one without a bar. And so I'm just like, what is this madness? How can you have like, I, yes. a luxury resort without a bar? I mean, did it at least have like a pool bar? No, I was, we actually what? walked out to the pool specifically going, surely there is a pool bar. Incorrect. But also, that is where we stayed, and it was stunning. So, uh, you mm. know, the, the Disneyland Resort there, look, hotel looks like the Disneyland Hotel everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fair enough. Beautiful, it's cool, but I wanted an experience I couldn't get uh, anywhere else. In the, the Explorer's Lodge, holy crap, it was beautiful. It is, think, very similar to the architecture of Animal Kingdom Lodge and uh, Alani, mm-hmm. but themed just to travel generally. So, like, the, the placards outside your room with the number on them, they're giant luggage tags. Oh. I, I mean, it's, it's utterly adorable. We loved the hotel. Uh, the layout is much better than Animal Kingdom because you're not necessarily walking five miles to your room at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, but no bar and a very, very tiny gift shop. Oh. So that was that, – those were the two disappointing things, but it was absolutely stunning. It was right on the water on the bay there. You looked out your window and – the thing that we didn't expect, by the way, about Hong Kong was how tropical it was. I guess we just mm-hmm. didn't think through how far south we'd gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, there's palm trees and this beautiful bay. We we're just sitting there uh, in the evening after dinner looking out the window and we were just stunned by it. Uh, oh, and also there's a food court in the basement. The food court there is great. And there are, there's, there's wine by the glass and beer by the glass in the food court in the basement. So that was where I got beer. <laughs> okay. So speaking of resorts and all that how is the walkability because in all three parks the resorts are really clustered right around the parks so you'd think you could you know take an evening stroll and explore each resort but from what i've seen that there don't really seem to be paths between them is that true or no uh, yeah, that was absolutely my experience. Uh, in, so we started out in Tokyo, and we stayed at Miracosta in Tokyo, which was awesome. Um, if, if you can do it, I strongly recommend it, because it has its own special gate to get into Disney Sea, mm-hmm. And you get to go in a half hour, no, 15 minutes. You get to go in 15 minutes <laughs> wow, early. Whopping 15 but, minutes. Right. But I know, but it's a big deal, because they have a Disneyland-style Fast Pass system. Mm-hmm. Paper. So... Yes, and and you have to be physically present. They have, there's they haven't converted to the app at all yet, yeah. so there's no like max pass situation. So everybody in the universe runs over to uh, uh, Toy Story Mania. Okay. Which is fine, but it's the exact same one that we have here. Right. So what that 15 minutes let us do was we headed that exact same direction. Their Tower of Terror is different. Grabbed mm-hmm. a fast pass, and you also could have just jumped on it for that. And then headed over to the area where uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth and 20,000 Leagues were so that we could do those two in rapid succession once they let you into that area. And then we'll leisurely bounce back to, uh, to, to Tower of Terror. And you've knocked out three of the biggest non-Western rides in the park in 20 minutes. Okay. So you want to be close by. But you, you could walk from Miracosta, but you would have had to the other hotels, but you would have had to have walked out and gotten on the road. And at that point, shoot, I'll just, I'll take the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so there was that. And, you know, the monorail was there, but the monorail is more, uh, it's cutesy rather than useful. 
And don't they charge you for the monorail? Uh, they do unless you're staying at one of the resorts and then they uh, give you... We were given a pass for the duration of our okay. stay. But yes, they do charge you for it very subway style. And also, it is immaculately clean. You could have eaten off the floors <laughs> of the monorail in Tokyo. It was insane. And do they have a Spanish language version of their security spiel? Nobody is Montanganesing any El Puertos yes. at all, oh. which is disappointing. Uh, but, <laughs> but, and this is probably a good point to make, throughout all of the parks, any of the, anything that you needed to know that was safety related was going to pop up in English. Mm. So, you know, there were times where like a ride would e-stop and you're like, is the ride e-stopping or is this just part of what's happening? Because I didn't want to spoil anything by looking at videos. Mm. Uh, if they're e-stopping, it pops up in English. Okay. So that was the walkability of Tokyo. Walkability of, of Shanghai actually is pretty good, uh, mostly just by virtue of the fact that they were smarter when they built it. But we actually, we, we never took Disney transportation to get from the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel over to Shanghai Disneyland. There's a, a walking path past a, a bay there that goes in between that and, and uh, Disney Town. It's probably a 10-minute walk, and we did that every, every morning but one. Uh, oh, boy. Remind me if we have time to talk about the Lucky Guest program at uh, at the Shanghai Hotel. Uh, if we have time, we'll come back to it. But uh, and then then the walkability—it's a long story. The walkability of Hong Kong uh, wasn't great at all. Uh, we well actually take that back. I take that back. We walked to the parks every morning, and you could walk over to the Disneyland Hotel, but it was a very long way. But it was a really pretty walk because it was right along the bay there. So if you wanted to okay. do it, you could do it. But it's it's not laid out like it's something that you would want to do. Okay. All right. So now you've piqued my interest. What is this lucky guest program? Okay. So we when we checked in to the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel, and yes, I recognize it's pretentious, pretentious to pronounce it like the locals, but they looked at you funny when you said Shanghai, so I've fallen into it. No, I, I support it. Uh, so when we checked in, we checked in club level. So they take you upstairs and there's two desks there. And we wound up being checked in by the general manager of the whole resort. Super nice wow. dude. Ad, uh, super nice dude asked us what we were up to, how, why we were there, told him the whole story. And the next thing I know, he disappears for 10 minutes and I hear him talking on the phone and he comes back and we're all checked in. And this is, this is how the club level works. This is when it's open it walked us through everything you could possibly want to know as a foreign visitor in flawless English, which was one of the great things about it because we wound up having an experience at the reception desk later, uh, and it was much harder to find somebody who was very helpful. Shang uh, Shanghai was the place where we had the most language difficulty, but even then it was fine. Mm -hmm. So general manager comes back to the desk, and he's like, so uh, we're, we've started a new program here recently. It's very new. Uh, but it's called uh, it's called the Lucky Guest Program. So tomorrow you're going to be, and he interchangeably called it Lucky Guest and the Family of the Day, which makes me think, <laughs> oh God, I'm going to open the park in the morning, and I have no interest <laughs> in this at all. Yeah, right. Uh, so what that actually wound up being was that we woke up the next morning and went up to club level, and we were met by the general manager of the hotel and two or three other people. They took us downstairs where they had a beautiful Buick minivan <laughs> waiting to whisk us off to the park. Buicks nice. are very big in China. Yeah, Buicks <laughs> are very big in China. I did not know this. Uh, I blame Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, sure. So they, yeah, so they whisk us off to the park. We're taken in through a side entrance. We're walked past the lines of people waiting to get in. Uh, and we're walked into the park by basically their version of a plaid who doesn't wear plaid. 
And we are told that they have secured for us VIP seating for uh, the noon parade. No three o'clock parade. Disappointing. Oh, Whoa. Amateur hour. I beat you to your question, though, didn't I, Drunko? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, then fire. Then also at fireworks, come back to the same place. So they walked us physically over to where those places were going to be, uh, and then they asked us, uh, you know, what of the the attractions that that uh, opened with the park were we most interested in? And my, we had been given an additional. There's a, a fast pass everybody gets in the morning. There's a fast pass, an additional fast pass for being a hotel guest. So we had two lined up already. So of the things we didn't already have, my wife was like, I really want to do pirates. So they walked us over and plaid style walked us to the front of the line and threw us in. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so Steph, that was, and the last thing we were told was that you have use of the van for the entirety of the day. So just text this number and uh, we'll come pick you up and take you back and forth as many times as you want. I'm not like to downtown Shanghai. <laughs> right. No, unfortunately, no. That would have been pretty cool. Uh, maybe I would have made them take me to a bar because there are not enough of those there. But that, so that was a super weird experience. But the good news was I did not have to open the park and nothing weirder than that happened. So okay. it worked out. Okay. So uh, going back to the fast pass system for Shanghai. So how does that, is it paper as well? They do it through their app. You said there's one per customer. Like what's going on there? So you can do it in the app. It, here's where the, here's where Shanghai went a little left turny on us. So mm-hmm. we intentionally booked the trip to where we would go to Tokyo the week before golden week, which is uh, very important to make sure that you're booking around because it is a week long national holiday where basically nobody except essential functions work. So the mm-hmm. Tokyo Disney parks are a mess during golden week. And Golden Week is shortly after Sakura uh, uh, cherry blossom season. Mm-hmm. So there's just this tiny little window there if you want to go in the spring uh, where you can expect reasonable crowds. Mm-hmm. Then a weird thing happened. The emperor of Japan decided to abdicate. Mm-hmm. As part of that, and that happened while we were there, as part of that, they extended Golden Week to being like 12 days. <laughs> so we get to Shanghai and every second person we saw was Japanese and not Chinese because they were all on extended holiday because the emperor was abdicating. So the park was much more packed than we thought. So their fast pass system is similar to the Walt Disney World one. It's app based. There is Wi-Fi in the parks there. There is not, by the way, in Tokyo. Uh, So if you so if you're planning on going and and just putting your phone in airplane mode and using Wi-Fi, you're not going to have any in the park in Tokyo. You will the other two. Um, so we're, so we're, we're there. And the problem is the park is absolutely crazy because it's just loaded with Japanese tourists. So we actually were only able to get one decent fast pass a day once we were on arrival physically in the park because they just went through them so quickly. Because in addition to the normal fast pass system, they also have a paid fast pass system called premier access where I think on the order of $25 a ride, you can just purchase yeah. an additional fast pass. Okay. I, I do recall saying that. Yeah, which uh, they, they do sell those in bundles, but the weird thing is the bundles aren't well explained as to what's in them, and I never actually found an explanation for that. Okay. Uh, so there are cheaper bundles and stuff, and maybe that would have been a good idea. We just thought, oh, you know, if, if push comes to shove and we want to ride pirates or something, again, we'll just buy a fast pass. But the, uh, the amount of wealth for the people who have money in Shanghai is just staggering. And between the normal fast passes and the premier access, things were gone by, while we were there by 11 a.m. But again, it was an abnormal day. Hmm. Okay. 
Because so, we were in the middle of Golden Week. So going back for a second. So it's in the app that you have to, like, is it like Max Pass where you have to be in the park before you can book it in the app? For uh, if for our experience, for the uh, for the one that you got on the day, that's exactly right. As soon as you set okay. foot in the park, you should go in and pick something out. Uh, but the one that we got as hotel guests, they actually configured for us on check-in. Okay. Yes, I am taking notes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you for not wanting to listen to this again. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, and then, wait, so how does Hong Kong's fast pass system work? Hong Kong's fast pass system is paper, but it's only for like three rides. Uh, Hyperspace Mountain, which is the Star Wars overlay of Space Mountain, but it's, it's done better than they were doing it last I went to Disneyland three years ago. Uh, they, they've installed some permanent uh, lighting stuff, so it looks like uh, uh, lasers flying out of uh, out of your uh, your particular ship, and then lasers coming at you from the projections. It's really cool. Uh, Poo, which is very similar to our to our Poo here, and in fact, not that different. And I can't remember the third one, but it wasn't something fascinating for me anyway. So outside of that, there's really there's really not. But the good news is, you know, Hong Kong just doesn't get that busy. Okay. We we didn't feel like it was restrictive for us to not have access to fast passes, but man, I you know I'm I'm full on uh, I'm full on with Drunko on uh, Team Eliminate Standby. So, it, it, God, it, I, I knew I loved Kevin, you. I'm starting to like you, but I, <laughs> I I understand how it works. I, I get it, but but the good news is again, uh, I mean, we didn't wait more than 20 minutes for anything. Well, you're in See, that's per- that would be, that would be lovely yeah. if that was what the reality elsewhere. Now, in contrast, you said that uh, your week in Shanghai was like extra crazy. So what does extra crazy really mean? Like what were the lines looking like? Uh, you know, for Tron, I think at one point Tron P- uh pirates actually didn't on, get Pete, that sorry, extraordinarily you long. that you cut out right when you're gonna say i'm i'm unsurprised that i cut out i'm i'm doing a performative and interpretive dance piece of drunko's oh, internet uh no uh, tron got up to like 180 at one point ouch and okay. th- you know that was the interesting thing was that in the asian parks it, standing in line is just part of it mm-hmm I, I was floored. Now in Tokyo, for example, especially at Disney Sea, the shows seemed to be, the shows and the meet and greets were way bigger than the attractions. Hmm. There were people who rope dropped uh, the who rope dropped the park, and the first thing they did was run at Disney Sea into the area directly in front of the bay there, and sat down. Uh, they they have special towels that everybody knows that that's what they're for, and they just sat there for three hours and waited for the first show. Rope drop the park to sit down for three hours. Oh, I guess you bring a good book or something, too. Uh, yeah. I, now, I mean, partially it's very much a locals park. Everybody in Tokyo has a pass. So it, you can do that when you've done everything before. Right. But nobody, no, especially for the shows, it was not a big deal for, for you to. Some of them are done by lottery. Uh, and wow. so you'd wait an hour for the lottery. And then once you had your ticket from the lottery, you'd go sit two hours and wait for the show. And that was just what people did. I guess I'm grateful I'm not really a show person. Yeah, no, I, I was in the same boat. I'm I'm not real big on shows. Uh, no, the parades are worth it, and I'm not a parade person, but the parades were all pretty cool. 
uh, and the nighttime shows were, were pretty cool. Um, the, we, now I'm trying to remember the name of it, but there is a, a California girl style restaurant on top of the Shanghai Disneyland hotel resort, uh, where we had dinner, but that's a projection show when you're all the way across a bay from it. So we mm-hmm. sat there having dinner and oh, on the one hand, we were also served our mains literally as they darkened the lights and pumped in the audio, which does not happen at California girl. <laughs> they, they paced the meal better than that, but that was disappointing. And then it was 98% projection and 2% fireworks. So my wife and I are just looking at each other going, this is a neat experience, but I will never do this again. Oh, okay. So I'll delete that note of suggestion. Okay. Um, so yeah, how was the food? Like, cause I'm a huge foodie in general and I especially love Asian food. So I am so fucking bombed for just eating everything, but I want to make sure that like I'm getting the authentic thing. And so I guess my question is, is the food in the parks good or is it some like watered down what they think Americans might want or whatever? Like, should I just be not eating in the parks much and just save it for outside of it? Uh, it depends on the park. Uh, Tokyo was, was, uh, Tokyo was, was, you know, pretty on point. Uh, Shanghai just doesn't really have their food game there yet, which was a little disappointing. Hong Kong though was amazing. Uh, my, my wife had, uh, grilled octopus skewers and fish balls on a stick, which is upsetting for the fish and the rest of us watching her eat fish balls on a stick. Uh, but, but that, and then they had this beautiful Starbucksian, although not, no, actually it was a Starbucks somewhere. Weenie's very disappointed at me that I couldn't tell the difference between a Starbucks and something else. Mm. Um, uh, I like, man, I I don't think, I didn't think I could like you even more and it's, it's keeps rising. (laughs) Wait, which parking garage do you prefer? Uh, lime. Oh, well, never mind. Never mind. Nobody's perfect. True. But they, but there was this beautiful Starbucks there on uh, on Main Street in Hong Kong that had just some of the most insane treats, it, beautiful buns, uh, stuffed with all kinds of stuff. That, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, stuffed buns. That's where we're at. We're adults, all mm-hmm. of us with you know full time jobs somehow. Yeah. yeah. But it was just stunning, and they had this beautiful ham and cheese bun that was, I mean, just mm-hmm. crazy. That you you could have just lived off of that. So Hong Kong is really where they've got their snack game focused. They haven't figured it out yet in Shanghai. Uh, they probably will eventually. And Tokyo was really good, but uh, you know the food in Tokyo was all good. But everything we ate outside the parks was way better anyway. Yeah, well, I would assume that. So it's experience. like here. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, yeah. No different from anywhere else. Um, let's see what other questions I have. So merch. I feel like... I may go bankrupt. Is that true? Like, just how good is the merch game over there? Like, per park, and I'm thinking, like, do they have ears we don't have, Zoom Zooms? Do they do pin trading? Do they have clothing that fits bigger than a size two? Like, what's going on? So pin trading seemed to be relatively new. Okay. I don't remember seeing a lot of pin trading stuff in Tokyo, but I do remember seeing it in Shanghai and Hong Kong. But there was also signage that was literally like, this is pin trading. This is how to trade pins with a mm-hmm. cast member. This is what a lanyard looks like. Okay. Uh, so, it's, so it's a thing, but it's new. I actually, I, I'm not much of a pin guy, but I did pick up uh, a pin in Shanghai. The, are you familiar with the ropes course in Shanghai? No. Okay, in the immortal words of Derek Bergen, this shit is next level bonkers. I can't even begin 
I can't even begin to explain this to you. Taking notes. So are you familiar with the concept of, of like a challenge trail where you put on like a harness and snap onto a line that's above your head and like you, you walk across rocks and ravines, Indiana Jones style and shit? I mean, I, I've never done it, but yeah, I've seen stuff. I've done it you, and it sounds awesome. How would you like to do that in a Disney park? Sure. That sounds like a liability issue. And that's why there's not one here in the States. But guess what? <laughs> it's China. Nobody cares if people get hurt. Whee! And holy shit, it was crazy. Then they should drink more, damn it. I don't know. There's, there's literally a sign that says, uh, you, should not, you should not attempt this unless sober. Hmm. Well, that's just, well, that's, that takes the fun out of it. Well, don't think it stopped me. But, I mean, literally, there's one, one, we went on the hardest trail because my wife is the sort of person who said, which is the hardest trail? And they laughed mm-hmm. at my 5'2", tiny little wife, pointed that way, and then we went and did it. And at one point, literally, there is a waterfall coming down, like, cut through the middle of a giant hole, and you are walking around the edge of the hole, and the ledge you're on can't be more at points than six inches across. So is this like a... Like conquering your fears plus you should have a good balance game, or is this like you should be in shape kind of game? No, it, it's it's more the former because at all times you're, there's a, a, a rail no more than I mean you could reach up and touch the rail at all times. Mm. So if what you wanted to do and, and frequently you did was you grabbed the rope that was holding you up to it and sort of use that to balance you while you were doing stuff, but. I will also tell you that there was a point while she was going around that waterfall where I saw in my wife's face, she was considering what would happen if she just stopped. Because <laughs> it is, well, well, the problem is it's, it's wet, you know, and so mm-hmm. you're trying to get across and you know full well that if you slip, yes, you won't fall to your death. But the odds of you cracking your head against that wall because your feet fell out from underneath you, they swing behind and then your face goes into it, it's pretty darn high. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would so, not. This, I take it back. This is not what I'm doing when I go. <laughs> so what you're saying is I shouldn't be wearing flip flops while doing this, or? Yeah, strongly disagree with that as a concept. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. But it was also, I mean, part of, you know, part of all of traveling is doing things that you would never or could never do at home. Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely no stinking way that's going to be in a stateside Disney park. Yeah, no, yeah. I would absolutely try that. I might not be your wife asking which is the hardest trail but yeah yeah and, and the, you know the, your wife asking which is the easiest trail we had the most fun part was once you got your harness on some poor you know chinese soul had to you know d- double check your your twig and berry situation and everything else mm-hmm. to make sure that right yeah to, to make sure that it was appropriately attached well, so i'm back in yeah they're they're up they're up close and personal I mean, you surely at some point drunko you've, you've someone loves you enough that you've been in a wedding or something and and they're checking your inseam oh that's that's how they check pants yeah very very much that situation <laughs> yeah very much that situation i uh i i didn't know that woman very well when i walked into that area knew her better when i left man so i'm I sold expect my tsa pat downs to be from men over there let's see Lo and behold. So and hold behold. on. You you have completely skirted the main issue here. What is the merch? Oh right. We were talking about the merch situation. Uh, so okay. the, I think the first question is how do you feel about Duffy? You know, I'm not like the biggest Duffy fan, but I can get on board with some gelatoni. And that is okay. what I am showing up for. Well, good news, because if if you're even Duffy adjacent, 
Duffy is Duffy and friends are everywhere in Tokyo Disney Sea. In fact, there's just a photo op in the New York area of New York Port area of Tokyo Disney Sea where there's just two cast members holding a four foot tall Duffy and a four foot tall uh, Shelley May. Is that her name? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The female Duffy. Yes. It's, it's it's just a photo pass off where you walk up and just hold the bears and like make their hands wave, and yeah, people yeah. line up twenty yeah. deep for this. No, I do so feel like yeah. Go ahead. I could up my eBay game if I just come home with like suitcases full of Duffy shit. But oh, and Tokyo Disney Sea T-shirts for those of us jerks who want to flex. Okay. Man, I love but, it. Talking about the ears and zoom zooms, can we, can we speak to that at all? I cannot speak to zoom zooms because I'm not a zoom zoom person and would not have even noticed. Uh, as you asked a question and I think through it, I don't recall seeing a lot. But again, that's not a thing that would have piqued my interest. Ears-wise, uh, there was definitely some local stuff, but they're behind us in the ear game generally. Okay, okay. All right, well, just means, you know, saving some money. Yeah, now as far as the widest assortment of things, uh, I feel like there was a lot more at, uh, at Tokyo Disney Sea than there was other places. Okay. And while, while I'm just talking merch-related things, who was the genius who decided that they should cover the Main Street area of Tokyo Disneyland? Because that person needs a medal and also needs to ha- get to do that in Florida. Man, I know. I remember that from, I mean, that's been there since like the late 80s, right? I mean, that's when they opened it. I mean, it's, and I remember seeing that even back in the day as a kid. And I'm like, that's so bizarre. But I loved it. It, it was great. You know, the glass is tinted, so the heat's not nearly as bad in there. And it's very clear. They're like, we want you to feel, no matter the rain, and it rained a lot while we were there because it's spring uh, in, in Asia. You, you can go walk around there, spend all your time. And they're like, hey, pull your wallet out, genius. And you're like, I will do that because I'm dry, warm, and happy. <laughs> All right. So I feel like we've been talked too much about rides. What were some of your favorites, some highlights? Okay. So let's start. Tokyo Disneyland, there's only a couple of things that aren't Western. There's Monsters, Inc. Um, I'm trying to think of the other. It, it, it left almost no impression on me whatsoever. Yeah. Tokyo Disney Sea, uh, I, after four hours, I had to call a doctor. It was, so I, I thought that the joke would be on brand for the podcast, and yet I get derisive snick, uh, snickering. Okay. <laughs> I, I, thought that, I, I thought that this was very much, you know, a dick joke podcast. I did not realize it was not. Now I apologize. Uh, apology, your, your apology okay, is not accepted. I just, no, I'm just slow on the joke getting. I, I got it. I got it now. I get it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, they're not called comebacks because you get to come back later. So anyway, uh, mm. Disney Sea. I had a transformative experience on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Really? So I, I, don't, I, I refuse to spoil the ride for anybody, and that's not even the point. But the ride mechanism is very much uh, Peter Pan, except you're in like, like a miniature version of the Nautilus. They yeah. shove six people in this tiny thing, except the, that ride, for some strange reason, is not particularly uh, uh, popular, which blows my mind. So you're... you're rocking and swaying back and forth that there's a screen it's not a screen based ride you're literally going through things that are underwater uh, or look like they're underwater and the thing in front of you bubbles up to make it look like it and that part's digital but it was as magical for me as i i think peter pan would have been if i'd been four 
And I, I don't want to say any more than that. It would just, it was such a beautiful inversion of the Peter Pan ride system. And it was gorgeous. Uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, I think, was my wife's favorite ride there. Uh, just, it's like Everest if Disco Yeti wasn't a thing and there was more than one, like, great big moment. It was so cool and super worth it. I mean, it, I, I'd have spent a week in Tokyo Disney Sea and been thrilled. Uh, technologically, Pirates at Shanghai was, I, I still am floored. There are two unbelievable moments on that ride where I can't believe that the thing that I felt happening wasn't physically happening to me. That's what and, I've heard that. And it sounds awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll leave it up to you guys if you want to know more or less, but I just, there are two moments on that ride where I just I, very much like flight of passage where you get off of it and you go, that was a grand technological achievement, mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. it's not just a, and I'm not calling Flight of Passages, it's not just like a lazy screen ride. It's very much more in the vein of like Spider-Man uh, at Universal, where it's like mm-hmm. you have pieced together all of these screens and all of these practical 4D effects to make something that, I mean, at one point, I literally cannot believe that I'm not traveling at, at tens of miles an hour. Uh, in a direction that the ride vehicle cannot physically go, but they've convinced me it's happening. That's awesome. It's incredible. Uh, and and then I had a moment, and, and just for the purpose of you guys and the listenership, I am very much a classic dark ride guy. Uh, mm-hmm. If I if left to my druthers in Magic Kingdom, I'm going to gravitate towards Haunted Mansion. Yes. It just that sort of thing pleases me. And yeah, to that end, you you please me. It's what it's about, right? And that on steroids is Mystic Manor at Hong Kong. I'm in. Okay. I, I, could, I could have spent a day. I could have spent wow. a day. I got off that ride for the first time. I was grinning ear to ear, and I was a 12-year-old boy. And I just looked at my wife, and I go, as much as I loved everything this trip, that is what, that is what this is supposed to be. It's audio animatronics, it's projections, it's trackless ride vehicles, it's everything all rolled into one and you walk away with an experience. And even though after the pre-show, nobody speaks in English again, you know exactly what's going on and you've seen a story, you've lived an experience and you're just awed that things happened before your eye that couldn't have really happened. Man. It was stunning. And then for the thrill junkie, uh, and, and Drunko, you commented on this a lot at the time, everything you've ever heard about uh, Tron uh, Light Cycle Run is true. God, I hope we get that one. <laughs> I, I hope that we get it the way that we got it. I, I hope, right. that, uh, I hope that, that you know Bob's magical bean counters don't, uh, don't stiffen that up. Because right. I will say this, if there's one flaw in that ride, it's short. No. If I had to wait three hours for that, I would have thrown a phone yeah. book at a wall. But yeah. I had I had a fast there's I had a fast pass. There's also a single rider, which at the end of the night gets very low. So yeah, don't forget there's single rider for that, Rihanna, because okay. at the end of the night that gets pretty doggone low. That sounds like a solid yeah, it sounds like a solid advice there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it was just I'm so I'm so jazzed for it to get to Florida. Yeah, like and, and you know, like Many Disney rides, but you know, it, it's that the the visuals are sh- almost stronger than the actual physical ride, and and that that ride looks like it's, you know, 
times a hundred when you know it's it, it it all comes down to the just how stunning of a visual it is and i if, if they cut that part then it's like i don't i don't why bother yeah i think you'll remember i posted uh some pictures just from the queue where mm. you're looking down and everything is clear plexiglass yeah and then you know blue light piping around the edges of it <laughs> i mean you we my wife loves tron legacy I, she's like the one person who loves mm -hmm. tron legacy so we, we actually wound up watching it before we went because it was on sale on itunes for like five dollars and she was like oh i'm getting five dollars out of this mm -hmm. uh we had a very long conversation about uh how bad bridges's face looks in the de-aging technology before marvel got a hold of it uh but so we watched it before we went and we're we're sitting there and, and i look at my wife and i go we're in the movie I, I'm not convinced at this moment that I am in an attraction theme to the movie. Man, uh, awesome. And the pre-show uh, is on a video as, as you just walk through it. Uh, I th if you remember the movie at all, you'll remember when uh, the, the kid from Sons of Anarchy shows up. Boy, we thought he was going to have a career, didn't we? <laughs> uh, when he shows up and he's in his plain clothes because he's just been digitized, and he eventually gets assimilated, and they put him in the jumpsuit and put the identity disc on his back. You'll remember there are like these four supermodel type Amazon, Glamazon women in white suits who walk in and are like putting the finishing touches on him. And then they walk, they're clearly androids of some sort, right? They have one of them reading everything to you. Mm. All of your instructions. I mean, they for something that references a movie that like nine and a half people saw and didn't get a second sequel, mm -hmm. uh, they really put the work into it. It's just impressive. God, I'm sold. So you, that had to get you, you excited there, Rhiannon. Yeah. So I have like Not that two you more already. questions. Well, it's like I have two more questions and then we can maybe segue into something else. Um, so I don't know if it's just me. I, I don't think it is just me. But do you know how like when you go to Disneyland and every now and then for like a split second you'll kind of forget that you're in California and you'll think you're in Magic Kingdom and you're like oh shit no this is not the same place like do you get that same feeling in the various Disneylands in Asia or do you really have an awareness like no you're not in the same continent so front to back in Tokyo Disneyland I had a moment every so often but you know there's this one thing that keeps pulling you back and it is that you are constantly surrounded by people who are not speaking your native language at all. Yeah, yeah. You can see that. So that was kind of the lightning rod that always brought you back. But, you know, there were some moments in Tokyo Disneyland. Tokyo Disney Sea, I could have been on a different planet mm -hmm. for all mm -hmm. practical intents and purposes. Uh, and, and then in, in Shanghai, uh, you definitely knew that you were, you were in China. And part of the reason for that was, and, and, uh, I, I hate saying this. I don't. I don't get a kick out of this at all. But the guest behavior. If if you've read the articles about all the problems that they had at the beginning uh, with guest behavior, it's it's much better than the original articles. But it's still it's still there. Like it's just culturally, it is not a thing to stand in a line. Mm -hmm. So you you literally, it was at not abnormal to just be standing in a line and all of a sudden have a group of people just pull up on, uh, you know, pull up on one of the ropes and just walk to the front. Hmm. That, that was just not abnormal whatsoever. People would just... Rhiannon wouldn't even be phased. It wouldn't even make her angry at all. People would just put their shoulders into you, push you out of the way and just walk in front of you. And they're not, they don't feel as though they're being rude. It's just culturally, 
it, it's I'm going to a place. People are also constantly like snorting back uh, snot and then spitting. And, and again, that's just, and that's everywhere I went in, in Shanghai. And culturally, it's just, there is a bad in me and I want to get it out and that is good. It, it's, it's not that they're, there's actually, and there's been a lot, uh, I read a lot about this when I got, when I got back and also on the flight back because I had 13 hours to do nothing. Uh, you know, there's a big culture war going on between the moneyed folks in, in Shanghai and, and the folks who are more rural who don't have the obscene wealth that some of the folks have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's very it's very similar to, to the divide here in America. That's right. You're not acting like Chinese. You're acting like Western people. And then the folks with money are, or, or who live in the cities are like, you're backwards and you need to get with the times. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it was fascinating watching that play out in real time, but you just, you need to expect that someone's going to push shoulder into you and push you out of the way and they don't yeah. mean to be rude. It's just how things are done. And you're going to yeah. watch a kid urinate in the street directly in front of you and they don't mean anything by it. It's just the kid had a thing in him that needed out and that's what we're doing now. Yeah, I can see that. Yep, I was in the middle of answering a completely different question. No, I can see that isn't that would be something that would definitely make you feel like no, you're not actually in magic. Right. (laughs) Yeah, and then and then in Hong Kong because I've spent so much time at Disneyland because my wife's family is from Southern California. I I really did have some moments where I was looking around and going, this feels very much like that. But again, that's by uh, mediocre original design. But there's also enough that's different there that you. I mean, the Tomorrowland is is not even remotely close to the same. Uh, and the, the, it's a small world there. It's a small world facade, I think is genuinely more grand than the one even in, even in California. So I think my real final question for you is just, is there anything that you wish you had known going into this or had thought of or planned better or just anything that you didn't know and that you could relay to me or anyone else listening? The first thing is jet lag is real. Yeah. I I was I, I was I I've been to London a couple of times when I was like 25 and it was nothing but uh this and I part of our mistake was uh the first hotel we stayed at in Tokyo after we landed was the Park Hyatt in Tokyo which is the hotel from Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. So you remember that I mean, a big chunk of that movie actually being about not feeling like you were exactly where you were cuz you were jet lagged and it was all weird. Uh, and that, that vibe was legitimate on the way out. It wasn't that bad. I felt like I kind of had it together within two days or so. I'm a week and a half from being back and I'm finally close to being okay. Oh, yikes! Uh, the, the trip back is, uh, from Hong Kong was, uh, it's a 12 hour flight and then we landed in San Francisco. So here's where that got weird. We left on an eight a no, an 11 AM flight from Hong Kong on Tuesday. We landed and it was uh, it was 8 a.m. in San Francisco, also on Tuesday. <laughs> you went back in time. Exactly right, and and so time is a flat circle, as Matthew McConaughey said, and it it just it's so disorienting that I can't explain it. And then once we were back and tr- reasonably right for four days at about 7:30, I had 15 minutes to get someplace before I was just face down. <laughs> it it did not matter. 7.30 p.m., I was going to be out, irrespective of what I was doing. So that was terrible. And then the other thing that I wish I'd known before I went, uh, and part of this is because the parks are new and they keep moving things around, uh, they will tell you that if you stay on property in Shanghai, 
that you get to go in an hour early and that you can use that time to your advantage. The, the club level guy was like, you can get half the park done in that hour. Yeah. Not all of the attractions are open. Okay. But they're already running fast passes and premier access stuff. So everything's running, but you can't necessarily get in the line. And it is not clearly disseminated what is open for resort guests who are there for the extra hour and what is just fast pass and premier access only. Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of time walking over to Rise only to be told you can't be on. And it's like, well, we're resort guests, yet no. Well, who are those people? Fast pass is premier access. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you, you look in the app, it's not clearly explained. Uh, you, you look at the signage and it says, some of the following may be open during this hour. Just list basically everything you'd want to do. Right. And it was super confusing. So I, I wish more than anything that I'd had a clearer concept of that. Okay, hmm. good. Yeah. Right. Was there anything else you want to mention? Uh, know. You know, not particularly. You know, big fan of the show, longtime listener, first time caller. Really yeah. uh, appreciated, enjoyed it. Um, and also a shout out to our partner friends from Adventures Out There Travel, who, in the interest of full disclosure, my wife Melanie is also a travel agent for. Us. So, oh, big fans of them. Wow, you should absolutely right. you should Did use them for that. stuff. Yeah. Cool. Um. So I feel like I have ten minutes before I need. M i s s e s m e l a n i e at no is that there you go. Anyway, um, Drenko, do you have anything you want to? talk about any outrage of the week or do we have any asked <laughs> I'm so out of practice with this it's been so long I know I just want to just like we I mean you said you had a, a time out here in a few minutes so we'll just kind of wrap it up here but are you this is Rhiannon's I'm excited for this weekend but we're changing a little bit because this weekend is not only is it the Mickey Mouse Club 30 reunion I'm gonna try to hit a few things for that but it's Rhiannon's return to Typhoon Lagoon for the pass holder event it's true have we figured out whether or not the bars will be open? Well, there is on the thing. It does have them listed, but um, but it does also have a specialty margarita yeah. l- listed. So obviously they will be serving alcohol. So I'm yes. I'm getting I'm feeling much better about that. Yeah. Um, really I was just really I had a bad feeling. That. Yeah. Yeah. So they're serving the specialty margarita. Um, then yeah. probably they will. So I'm feeling much better about that. Pass so getting reason. excited. Okay. Is the event um, Yacht Rock theme by any chance? No. Well, I will not go. There's nothing not to like about Yacht Rock. It's it's it's, it's peppy. Like. It's yeah. it puts you in a good mood. No. And it's soothing. And it's great for pounding Jack and Tabs. Oh my god. So what should I be looking forward to the most other than obviously the lazy river? Honestly, the new Ride is so good, Misadventure Falls. And let me tell you why. You don't have to climb up the damn stairs. You get in at the you get in at ground level and it takes you up on like a regular roller coaster. It lifts you up this lift hill. Mm -hmm. And so you don't actually have to climb or carry a tube. It's phenomenal. Okay. Which Uh... is, you know, cool. And it's themed to the um society of explorers and adventurers. Um uh, Miss Mary, not Mary Weather Pleasure. Uh, it's uh, Mary Oceaneer. Oh my, we could have used you. So we had Disney trivia um, last Saturday at my local beer bar. Where we go for trivia every Thursday, but it was just like a special edition Disney. 
And that was one of the questions was who is the founder of Pleasure Island? And we couldn't get it. Mr. Merriweather Pleasure. Yeah. Well, what's her middle name? Well, Merriweather Pleasure, I don't know if he had a middle name, but Miss Mary Oceaneer. Uh, good question. Is that what it was? It was something, something pleasure, but it was, they, he was looking for three names. So first, middle, oh, wow. and last. Um, but I will say that we something, did. Something pleasure is the story of my life. Yeah, right. Right. You're fitting in too well, I think. Love it. Um, Can I ask you one? a very important question now that we're, we have a few minutes here. Um, where did you get, where did you get the idea for the greatest Twitter profile picture of all time? Is it because of Roadhouse and you saw Boathouse and immediately just thought Roadhouse? What is it? That was exactly what happened. I, I, I made some sort of joke about standing with, with, uh, with Boathouse and then it occurred to me how close it was. And I, I made a joke about not eating the, uh, the little white mints uh, mm. at the boathouse. And then a follower of mine, uh, a good friend of mine named Tommy, uh, put that together for me. And that was, what, two years ago now? And I'm, I'm just not changing it back. Why would it, I? It's just so great. It's so great. And now it's such a great, uh, uh, like, uh, what do you call it, memorial to the great. Um, uh, mm -hmm. What was his name? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze, thank you. Okay. Anyways, going back to my story. So we're at Disney Trivia, and despite the fact that we could not answer that one question, we did win every single round. And guess what the prize was for every single round? What? A copy of Drinking at Disney. How did you get so many copies of Drinking at Disney? Well, because the Lee, the quiz master... He wanted to do this starting last fall. And so he had me order them from directly oh. from the, the printer. So I gave them to him back then. And he paid me for them. So you're welcome. We got a commission. That is um, awesome. Yeah. But yeah. So then those are the prizes. And I won four copies of my own goddamn book. Because people ask me all the time, like, hey, can I get a copy of your book? You know, I, I'm like, I have no physical copies. None. Zero. Well, the irony is, is that neither do I, and I, because I'm not an asshole, did not keep a single one of the four copies that we yeah. won. So I still don't own a single copy of my own book. But yeah, anyways, that was a fun afternoon. So, okay. Yeah, I really do have to be kind of running in like five-ish minutes. So do we have anything else? Oh, I will tell you this. We might be getting a chance. This is just a little behind-the-scenes info about tomorrow mm -hmm. or Saturday's event. Okay. The uh, very big popular show here in town is the Tom and Dan podcast. And supposedly um, we may be getting to just to talk about drinking at Disney with one of the main guys from the Tom and Dan podcast. So we can, I mean, not like cool. record something then, but maybe possibly future mm -hmm. set something up. So that'd be cool. Okay. I don't know, man. All I have to say is this, uh, I'm getting excited for this guy, the gondolas. I was over at Disney again the other day. The front of Epcot. Oh, you got, I got to tell the story. It's so funny. Like okay. they have completely redone the front of Epcot. Like at the where you come in from the parking lot, they are they're just completely tearing up the the pavement um, where the trams normally run. Okay, near the front of the park. So I happened to be going out of my car. I wasn't really paying attention. I saw the tram there. They go. And as I'm walking up, I never take the tram, but he literally says, all right, final call. And I'm like, you know what? Why not? I haven't done this in forever. So I get on the tram and it, it goes. 
And I kid you not, it went maybe 30 to 40 yards, stopped, and that's where you got off. Like, that was it. It literally just went 30 yards because they have the tram stop now so far back, and it was just it just made me laugh. Like, there's literally no point in getting on this thing, yet they still run it because I think that's what you part of what they say you're paying for with your parking. <laughs> All right. So you go. So anyways, uh, Epcot transformation is well underway. I'm excited for it. Yes, it needs it so badly. Like you go around and they literally have stopped trying anymore at Epcot, like to keep up. They're just they know it's getting to get destroyed. So it's just they have just stopped trying, which I don't blame them either. At this point, they know they're going to tear every basically every inch of everything from mm-hmm. the gates to World Showcase is going to be destroyed at some point. Uh, favorite bar, uh, Kevin? Favorite bar anywhere? No, at Walt Disney World. Oh, Bellevue. Far and away. Man. Bellevue Lounge at the Boardwalk. That's, uh, and more so before they put that stupid television in there. I'm still yeah. angry about that. I, I wrote a very concerned email, very much like uh, you know Leonardo DiCaprio at the end of uh, Titanic. I'm going to write a, a very sternly worded letter to the White Star Line. Uh, when, when that there shouldn't be a TV in there. You know what that place is for? It's for drinking Manhattan's that Tim made and listening to old radio serials of like yep. Dick yeah. Tracy and Car Fifty Four and and playing checkers. Yep. That's what that place I, is for. It is not for watching the Super Bowl. I guess nope. I you're 110. Been there in a while because last time I was there, there wasn't a TV. It's yeah. very disappointing. I agree, and it is. In fact, it's actually even more so than my favorite bar. Even when I used to like hang out at the resort, even it's my favorite place to go when it's not open. If you have like your own couple beers, mm-hmm. like oh, it's, it's yeah. dead. I mean, there's so no one I in there. Work remotely from. Yeah, it's so phenomenal when it's not open. It's like it's even better because the radio is sometimes still on. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, and that, and then the bartender comes out, and you're like, and you feel kind of bad because you're drinking your own beers in the bar. And you're like, okay, now it's a bar. It's no longer like a. Just like a area of the hotel. Now it's like mm-hmm. an actual bar. Probably yeah. buying from you now. I mean, the beer wasn't that bad. It was the cooler that they found over the top. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. It really, really was. It just depends how long. <laughs> I think I, I need to get moving here. So awesome. do you have any awesome. final thoughts slash quotes? It was an unconventional show, and we're glad that Kevin was able to come on because I know yeah, you were definitely. talking about um, the Asia parks and getting some. I, if people, uh, and I'm sure there are other people who are really curious because all you really hear, I'm going to be honest, all I ever, I, you know, I, I pay attention obviously to uh, Diz Twitter, and it's just all about the the rides of Disney Sea. You don't hear anybody talking about anything of importance to me, and this was much more interesting to me. Like, you know. All the parks have rides, but this is this is the kind of stuff that I'm curious about too. Like, what's it really like walking around, or you know, do they really have beer there? Do they? What's the cultural side of like? Can you walk to the parks? Mm-hmm. The, all the questions are the what what I was interested in too. So it was really cool. Thanks, Cub. Hey, and thanks to you guys. And if anybody who's listening has questions, I'm Red Sox Red Shoes on Twitter. My wife is Mrs. Melnie M E L N E E. It's a long story and a joke. 
Uh, we'd be happy to answer questions you had and also uh, her Twitter account from you know two or so weeks ago and moreover the Instagram that's uh, linked to it that you'll find pretty easily. Lots of pictures, lots of stuff. Uh, and Use those as a jumping off point. If you're like, what the hell is that a picture of? Just send the message. We'll get back to you. I am so glad you said that, though, because I was not aware. I interact, obviously, with you all the time, and I interact with Mrs. Melanie all the time, Melanie. Uh, but I did not know that you were a, a couple. Yeah, you, you, would, you would not have guessed how hard I outkicked my coverage there. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I, I don't, she, I, 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 it's mostly pictures of your daughter, so I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> So, but that is interesting. I mean, I literally, I joke with her all the time too. Just like I joke. I mean, that's, that's, it, it's like the time when I found out that, um, uh, outer room Jim was your brother-in-law. Yeah. In my hand, uh, doesn't it dad was my brother-in-law six months after we were joking around online. Uh, it's funny how that happens. So it's a small world and a weird one too. Absolutely. And... So yeah, the final float is definitely a, Float full of kids peeing in bushes, oh, coming really? right down Main Street, USA, right in front of Rhiannon, just going right by her. Okay, as buddy. someone is obsessed trying to get in front of her to watch the parade. All right, that's just... Just trying to tough me up, this, what you're uh -huh. about to do. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you both. Appreciated it. Buddy, talk right. to you soon. Bye. Bye Let's catch you next time. Bye, Skip. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.